Brian Reynolds finally had a drama rumor-free offseason. He's been an above-average hitter every year in his time with Pittsburgh, but can he return to his 2021 season totals and production? You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of this wonderful show here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. And I'm always bringing you all of your news, analysis, opinions, and reactions to everything going on in the world of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Thank you for tuning into the show, as you always do, on all of your podcast platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We'll talk about them a little bit later. And I also want to say shout out to everybody for getting us to 1,500 subscribers on YouTube last night. Thank you so much for all of you who subscribe, turn on the notification bell, and listen on YouTube. Thank you as well to all the people who listen on the audio platforms also. And the 2024 Player Preview Series is continuing on today's episode. And as you see in the thumbnail, as I spoke about in the open, it's all about Brian Reynolds, and he is the topic of today's first player preview show. Obviously, I took a day off yesterday, a much-needed day off, so thank you guys for understanding on that front. We're going to be talking about Jack Sawinski later this afternoon. This episode should be coming out relatively around 11.30 to noon. We'll probably have the Sawinski show drop, uh, drop around 5 or 6. That way you guys can get some of your, uh, you know, your dinner pirates uh, stuff that you need. And then obviously on tomorrow's show, We'll be talking about the rest of the outfield to kind of recap the 2024 player pre uh, preview series until Friday, which then, of course, we'll be talking about a lot of the prospects you need to be looking out for. But today we're highlighting Pittsburgh's highest paid player of all time, and that's Brian Reynolds. And coming off another solid campaign in 2023, you have to assume that Reynolds appears poised for another in 2024. And when you take a look at 2023, he nearly had an identical season to his 2022 campaign. I mean, he was within percentage points of his slash line from the year prior. You look at some of the numbers were a little bit farther than others, but he wasn't exactly too far off to the point where it's like you couldn't say that it was basically an identical season for him. He had 263 last year with a 790 OPS and 24 home runs. He posted his second most RBIs of his career along the way last year. I think a lot of that is in credit to the fact that he's dealing with a much better group around him than what he's dealt with in Pittsburgh previously. Now, the OPS number was his second lowest total of his career, though, with 2020 being the worst. So it was a good season for Reynolds, but not one that we've seen from him before. And I think that's where the topic of conversation comes in here about Brian Reynolds is, again, he's arguably, and it's hard to even argue, been the most consistent player on this Pittsburgh Pirates team since his arrival from the uh, Andrew McCutcheon trade. And 2021 was, and still is, 
his best campaign by a country mile, seeing as one, he was an all-star that season and he posted a 9-12 OPS and all of his stack cast metrics were absolutely insane. But since then, he's been good. There's no doubt in that. Brian Reynolds has been one of the top players on this roster and was paid like it last year, but he hasn't sniffed that OPS number since, let alone any of his other slash numbers. It's a little concerning. Just a tad, just a little concerning. Now, his talent, of course, was noticed in the checkbook last year. And sadly, it's not saying much to be the highest paid Pirates player ever looking at the contract. But he's here to stay for quite a while, folks. We know that now. All of the stuff that we've heard the last three off seasons about, is Brian Reynolds going to be a pirate by spring training? Are they going to trade him to New York? Are they going to trade him to San Diego? Are they going to trade him to the Mets? Are they going to trade him to the Red Sox? Are they going to trade him to the Blue Jays, the Mariners? We heard all of it. We don't have to hear that anymore. And the Pirates know that they have a consistent player. But for me... And you guys know this. I don't usually do this. It almost feels like I want to see more from him because I have seen more from him before. If that makes sense. And we're going to try to make sense of it. So going into 2024, I think it is also important to note, as I've already kind of hinted at, that this is likely the best lineup that Brian Reynolds will have had around him in Pittsburgh especially if it stays relatively healthy. I mean, you look at O'Neill Cruz, Key Brian Hayes, Rowdy Telez, Leover Piguero, Jared Triolo in the mix, Henry Davis, who's expected to have a better year, Jack Sawinski, who we're talking about in the show later today. You look at the outfield stuff that they're dealing with also. You look at, I mean, there's g Bay even, Nick Gonzalez, Yasmani Grandal. There are names here for Brian Reynolds, finally, that he hasn't really had in his time in Pittsburgh. Now, his projections from Fangraphs offer what would be pretty much the third season in a row that I would consider pretty close to each other and what he's had the past two years. The slash line projection is 264, 343, 447, 790, uh, 22 home runs, 82 RBIs, a 112 WRC plus, and a 2.8 war. There's a lot I don't agree with there. I think the RBI total is going to go up. From last year, we're going to talk about that in our realistic expectations in the third segment. And every team in Major League Baseball would take a player like this. They they would. I mean, if you put those numbers on a blank canvas with no name on it or anything, every MLB team in baseball would want that player. But I do think I want to see Reynolds take a step back up the ladder this year. And he has the tools to do so. I mean, he can do it for sure seeing as his expected XWOBA, expected batting average, and expected slugging were all higher than his actual statistics and all ranked in the 84th percentile last season. So some could say he was just unlucky last year. Now, what he also did well and always does well is hit the ball hard. He ranked in the 70th percentile or higher in every stack cast metric besides whiff rate, strikeout weight, or strikeout rate and walk rate. And before you're too alarmed about that, his strikeout and walk rates weren't awful, but could be improved upon. His strikeout rate was a 21.6. His walk rate was an 8.3. You'd like to see that come up. Where I think most of the concern at least lies with me 
is the fact that he had a 28.2% whiff rate last year, which ranked in the 32nd percentile, which I also think in part correlates to why he had the second most strikeouts of his career with 138 last year and his highest coming from 2022 and 141. So since that 2021 season, he's been striking out a lot more. There may be something to that. So since that 2021 campaign, which is the Reynolds we'd all love to see again, he has struck out higher than he has before. So get close to that production again. The strikeouts have to come down. They just have to. If you want to even sniff that 2021 season, those strikeouts have to come back down. Now, the biggest positive out of all of this to anything that you talk about with Reynolds is that he has hit 20-plus homers the past three years, and as mentioned earlier, the lineup around him should also take pressure off of him as well. Does he have to be the best player on this roster for this team to be a good team? We'll have a little nugget on that in a minute. And it's pretty simple for Reynolds, unlike other players with more questions that we've spoken about in this series, like how I talked about Hayes on Monday with Gary and Cruz on Friday. There's still questions there because we haven't seen it. The thing is with Reynolds, we've seen it before. Limit the strikeouts, walk a bit more, and he could easily be an all-star. There's no doubt in my mind about that because he's just too talented. Now, the National League outfield group is absolutely loaded. You have Mookie Betts and Ronald Acuna, who I think are going to occupy two of those spots. Then you're not even mentioning the likes of Bryce Harper and others that are in there. So it is an uphill battle. But again, Reynolds has been an all-star before, and with the right adjustments and improvements, he can do it again. Now, another big step he can take to regaining that stature that he had in 2021 and those statistics that he had in 2021 would be to start the season a bit hotter than he has in the past two years. Something that we'll take a deep dive into here in just a moment. But before we do that, folks, I want to talk to you guys about FanDuel. FanDuel is your one place to do all of your sports betting this 2024 because FanDuel is here for you to win some money because you can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet that wins. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams like for me, Kawhi Leonard and my Los Angeles Clippers with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. So just visit fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot today because FanDuel is an official sportsbook partner of the NBA and an official partner and sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. And folks, also don't forget that Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. So find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app and of course YouTube. And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. Again, my name is Ethan Smith. 
your host of this wonderful show. Again, thank you guys for letting me take yesterday off. Needed a bit of a mental health day. If you ever need a mental health day, just just do it. It, it helps a lot. It really uh, reju- rejuvenates you a little bit. And something that I want to see rejuvenated from Brian Reynolds is not starting the season as slow as we've seen the past couple years. Now, you're probably wondering, Ethan, you're kind of being nitpicky here. You know, some players just take a while to get started, and it takes longer for them to get the season going. And I, I understand. Now, Reynolds has shown the ability to be arguably the Pirates' most consistent player, and I don't even know if it can be argued over the past three years, but he always seems to start seasons off slow. Now, the outlier in all of this was last year's month of April when Reynolds hit 323 with five home runs and 22 RBIs while the team went 20 and eight. But outside of that, he's really been eh in the first couple months of the year for the most part. You look at last year, for instance, we'll start, we're going to have a lot of examples here on this. And they're all statistics that you can find and go look at yourself. After the strong April, that Reynolds had last year. He hit 242 in May, 268 in June, and 200 in July. Not all that great. And he hit around 252 or higher in the remaining months. And in May, June, and July, he hit seven home runs last year compared to the five that he had in April which was a cause for concern a bit until he eventually picked it up late, which is what he usually does. Hit the rewind button and jump back to 2022. And this point becomes even more clear because in 2022, Reynolds hit 194 in April, 224 in May, 333 in June, and 200 in July, combining for a 238 batting average in the first months of the year. It's just not all that good. But after July in 2022, he wouldn't hit below 260 in any month. So you're probably picking up on a little bit of a trend here. And it is a worrisome one. Even with how good he is, you don't want to have to see this. Even in his all-star campaign, of 2021 when he was an absolute machine his two lowest months came in april and august but his strongest months were once again later in the year even though he had a phenomenal season that year it's hard to say that now he did have a better average pre-all-star last year batting average wise but his post-all-star numbers saw a skyrocket in home runs, slugging, and OPS. Again, you can look at all of this on StatCast. It is easiest thing in the world to do. Just go to splits, and all of this is available to you. 2021, in reality for Reynolds, was the only true season where he saw a dip in home run production post-All-Star break. His home run total increased after the All-Star break from pre-All-Star the last two years. So it makes you wonder, if Reynolds gets off to a hot start, much like he did last year, 
it can manage to somewhat sustain that heart that hot start. Could the team follow suit? That's where we're going to go into more examples. Take 2023 again. For example, Reynolds hit 323 in the month of April, and the team was 20 and 8, leading the National League. He hit a combined 236 in the following three months. And you don't need me to tell you what happened in those following three months after the Pirates started the season 20 and 8. So not only is it a hot start that Reynolds needs to have rather than the slow ones we've seen, but a sustainable one. Because as you all and myself hear all these examples and statistics, I think you could see a clear trend that starts coming to mind. When Reynolds is on, folks, this team is on. When he's not, it's kind of hit or miss. In August and September last year, 2023 again, Reynolds hit 288 and 252, while a team in those two months had a combined record of 29 and 28 when you include the one game at the end of the year in October. Meanwhile, from May to July, amid Reynolds slowing down in his production, the team was 27 and 49. So that's a pretty obvious difference between when Reynolds is playing very well, so is the team. When he's not, not so much. Now, other factors go into this. Trust me. You look at the rotation falling apart and the nine-game losing streak and injuries across the board like to Key Brian Hayes and O'Neill Cruz. I get it. But he plays arguably the biggest part in keeping the engine running on this team. Now, last season, to use as an example again, the Pirates won at least 11 games every month that Brian Reynolds hit 252 or higher. 252 or higher. That's not all that hard for him to do at all when he is playing his best baseball. 11 games at least. Even 2022 which was a 100-loss season. The Pirates saw their highest win total months when Brian Reynolds hit five or more homers in any given month. He's fully capable of that. So over the course of now two seasons, one can indicate that Reynolds' success translates to the Pirates' success, whether we like it or not. And that's just statistical backing from two full seasons. Folks, that isn't just a coincidence. That's a trend. And baseball is all about trends. Now, eliminating the slow start to seasons for Reynolds would also give him a better shot at returning to his 2021 form that we spoke about in segment one. Well, I think also giving him a much better shot at returning to the All-Star game as well. But take this how you want. But statistically, there is a direct correlation to the Pirates' success along with his success. But how much success will he have in 2024 
and how will it affect the team? We'll talk about that in the final segment of today's episode of Locked On Pirates. But before we do that, we're going to talk about game time. Folks, game time is here for you for all of your last-minute tickets. So download the game time app today and use code Locked On for $20 off because guess what? You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time also has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute deals. And... The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So down, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. And download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Alrighty, everybody, and welcome back to the third and final segment of today's episode of Locked On Pirates, the first of today's episodes of Locked On Pirates. Again, you'll have another one coming out later this afternoon or this evening, all about Jack Sawinski. And as we've done, with these uh, player preview series shows, which you guys have absolutely loved, it seems like. We've done realistic expectations for these groups and realistic expectations for these players pretty much in the final segment of the shows because I do think that it's good to set realistic expectations for these guys. And as with every player preview series show we've done, I've tried to set realistic expectations for you all for these players or position groups. And... We've done so with Hayes, Cruz, Davis, the bullpen, Keller, and other groups as well. And honestly, I do hope to chronicle these in some way and keep track of them throughout the year. Now, to preface that, these are not my predictions. These are merely expectations that you and I can set for not only ourselves, but for what we want to see at a realistic level. Now, for Reynolds, I think it gets interesting when you talk about realistic expectations for Brian Reynolds because the last two years have practically been identical to each other. 2021 was an all-star season where he was getting national attention. Now, putting him around his career batting average of 277 is where I'd like to see him return this year, but I won't be upset if he sits in the middle of 263 and 277, 263 being his average last year, which is, if you can really do math really well, you guessed it, 270. He's also hit 24 or more homers the past three years. I kind of mentioned that earlier. So I don't expect that to drop either. I don't think any of you should expect that number to drop either. So I'd put a realistic number of home runs on Reynolds at 22 to 28. I'd max him out maybe at 30, but that's if he has a phenomenal year. And his OPS has also been 790 or higher the past three years. It's been a credit to his on-base percentage being 330 or higher, although both of those numbers have decreased every year since 2021. 
But I also don't expect that it's going to continue to decrease to a point where it's going to be worrisome because I just think Reynolds is just too talented for that really even to happen. Now, when you also consider, as I've mentioned before, that he'll be planted likely at the two or three hole most times in the lineup with O'Neill Cruz likely in front of him and maybe one other guy, the RBI opportunities will and quite frankly should be there for Reynolds, who among all this stuff that I've been talking about hit 290 with runners in scoring position last year with like 16 homers and 60 RBIs or something like that. It was a crazy year for him with runners in scoring position. So expect his RBI total to positively benefit from that with a stronger lineup. And as far as advanced analytics are concerned, I mean, I think Reynolds will rank well among hard hit percentage leaders and barrel rates just because he usually does. But I would like to see him become above average with the strikeout and walk uh, walk rate that I mentioned earlier. He was technically above average at his strikeout rate last year. He had like the 54th percentile, but I still would like to see it come a little bit higher in the percentile range. And he's done it before and is well-talented enough to do that again. And with a drama-free offseason in his rearview mirror, I just think that's going to help him a ton, man, because there were finally zero questions about his future in PNC Park for the first time, truthfully, since he's been a Pittsburgh Pirate. And that's just something that you look at and you say that more than likely is going to help him. And that should prepare him to also have a strong spring training. Although, again, we don't need to see much from him in spring anyways. I do think a strong spring would also help with that slow start problem that I spoke about at length thus helping the team and himself as a whole. Now, Reynolds could be the conductor of the 2024 Pirates train. He could take this team to a potential divisional race, to a potential wild card. And as he goes, the team could go. And I made that point earlier about the correlation between those things being direct, just just like this. But again, unlike past years, he has valuable players in the lineup around him now, something he hasn't had in his time in Pittsburgh really until last year when he started seeing the arrivals of Nick Gonzalez and Leover Piguero and Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez, Jack Sawinski even. So now Reynolds enters a campaign free of stress and drama from the offseason. So we'll see if his production on the field follows suit. And I think it will. I do think that having a better lineup around Reynolds, having the drama stress-free offseason, having just been one of the more consistent bases of this team for the better part of three, almost four years now, I do think it's expected that Reynolds is going to have a very solid year this year. Now, obviously, it'll be stressful no matter what for us watching Brian Reynolds and this team because we're Pirates fans. We know what stress is like. But Reynolds being in the lineup offers optimism. The idea that he could go back to his 2021 form, a form we've seen before, offers optimism. The fact that there's a good lineup around a player in your lineup now like Brian Reynolds offers optimism. 
That word optimism is a word we haven't been able to truthfully use in almost a decade. And Brian Reynolds contributes to that a lot. And I outlined what needs to be done, but I do think it's going to be another strong year for Brian Reynolds. Folks, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Locked On Pirates here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. Make sure you also check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube and Amazon Fire TV. Follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates for all of your news, analysis, opinions, and reactions to everything going on in the world of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And make sure you follow and subscribe on YouTube. Follow along on all of your favorite podcast platforms because it is free and available to you. Have a wonderful rest of your afternoon. I will be back with you later this evening to talk about Jack Sawinski as the 2024 player preview series continues. But until then, I'll see you on the flip side.